0: A lot of things off his chest which I'm sure he wanted to do but we also wanted to hear from from uh, from Ben and I think you know we, we heard in spades from Ben uh, his opinion on a number of things um some of which I I don't agree with entirely some of which I find bamboozling um and as the week's gone on has left me with a taste in my mouth that tells me um that <laughs> my opinion of, of Ben in terms of the uh, how do I put it being a, a kind of mouthpiece if you like for the APL um, was sort of reinforced if, if I was just going on what I was hearing and and what suddenly and what has spent spun out over the last uh, what 72 hours or more uh, I found it. I found it baffling when he came out and said there was some big news, and and he talked about about a number of issues last week. There was one particular issue that he did mention that uh, I wished I had. I wish I'd commented on. I did speak to Keith on on Saturday morning about it, uh, and I wished I had had raised uh, raised a, a, a reply to, to Ben. Um, but I didn't, because quite frankly, um, he had spoken that much and he had said so much that uh, I, I was I was at a loss to actually understand some of it. You know, it was literally it was machine gun, wasn't it? It was it was sort of all guns blazing. It was like an episode of Peaky Blinders at times, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it was it was great. It was really really good. Um, ben Ben has this knack of being able to uh, answer a question uh, three or four ways. Um, and it's a skill. Um, it draws you in, it then spits you out, and then it leaves you wondering at the end actually what what the answer was. Um, His little throwaway remark that he came up with, um, which was that there was some news that was going to blow the whole thing apart. It was really going to be it was going to be bad for for the kingdom of saudi arabia etc um and that baffled us and we wondered what it could be we i think most of you know three of three of the four of us we've we've chatted about that as the week's gone on and and put our own opinion forward on on where it's coming from and what we anticipated and i think we were right um, it was to do with the uefa um, bid that that been put in by uh, by a, a, a I would say a broadcasting company in Saudi Arabia um, for the Champions League Um, and he spoke about it at length and I think we'll probably get on to the the nitty-gritty of that as the the show goes on. But uh, no, all in all, I thought that uh, it was very, very informative for Newcastle fans. I think it helps them to shape an opinion um, of their own, which is important, Um, but it also gives them an opportunity to understand exactly what... Um, Keith has been saying about competition law and about the competition case and about the way that the Premier League seem to want to conduct themselves, which as the weekend has, has drawn on, has seen us get drawn more and more with commentary from various people that arbitration is the answer for Newcastle fans, not the competition case. And my opinion is that that is totally wrong.
1: Yeah, okay. Mitch, I'll come to you next, mate. Um, because you, me and Steve really didn't have too much to say last week. So before I come to Keith, I will I will come to you. Um give us give us your views about what last week's show was like and um you know I suppose the subsequent fallout that we've seen on social media.
2: I think um I think I managed to get slightly more of a word in here and there uh, last week. Um it, it, I think robust. Combative, as Steve said, I think that's a good word to use. But I think it would it stayed within certain boundaries. And I think that was important. Um I've kept my opinion and feelings about Ben pretty much on the low ever since he was introduced into the equation, simply because we've got lots of mutual acquaintances out here in the Dubai village. Um and so at times I'm prone to being a little bit perhaps information biased. Um, so, I, I, I wanted to come into last week with a totally open mind and just hear how it played out, um, and that fascinated me more than anything else. Um, to have certain things confirmed, certain things actually, in my opinion, dispelled as well that had been told. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was probably, I think it was brave of both Keith and Bent and are into it like that, as well. You know, um, I, I don't think you'd see that anywhere else, um, and 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 in, in fair play to you for setting it up, Steve. You know, I think that's a it's a it's a big thing, and I think the fallout afterwards, the thing that still dismays me, and I've said this now probably for over a year, and people are probably a bit sick of hearing it say about it, is is that it's quite clear that the 13 years under Mike Ashley is left so many fissures and cracks in the fan base and now seeing today that some of the those who probably would normally associate as being together on if you for want of a better term on the same side I don't like using that about a fan base but it's the easiest way to explain it now turning on each other over 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 points and issues and um and that's what we seem to be best at is, is getting the guns turned on ourselves and once once the dust settles on, on this, there's a hell of a lot of healing still to do, and and I think it's up to everybody who has who's blessed with a platform like this, um, to help be part of that. And going forward in the future, if we want to talk about Newcastle United under new ownership, we've got to be as united in every way as as we can be. Um, and that's what I'm seeing on, on on social media over the last week is watching, watching things being very, in my opinion, deliberately manipulated to create even further fractures and further divisions. Um, but except it's not actually doing it now because he's been a master at it for 13 years. Um, and I think it, it, that's the biggest thing that the last week's highlighted to me is how much reaching out and how much hard work there is to do once the dust settles on everything, for us to get a truly united fan base again.
1: Okay, Keith, you've had a, a full week to, to to take it all in. Um, I've got to be honest with people watching as well. We don't plan the show. And, like, and, I, and I have to reiterate that. We don't plan it. Even tonight's show, but any show has never been planned. And that's really been down to the fact that obviously me, Mitch and Steve in particular know each other and have known each other for many years and, and dealt on fans issues over the over the course of time. So we don't need the we don't need the premeditated. I mean obviously various things like twit like Tweet of the Week, Troll of the Week and, and, and the different segments, they're planned because people send them in and, and or we go and pick them up. But the debate that we'll have on this show, no matter who's on, whether it's you who's been on as a guest in the past, whether it's been Mickey Edmondson, However, um, we don't plan it, and last week was a shock. A shock to me in a lot of ways. I know you tried to send us some some emails to put up on the screen, which I couldn't do. I didn't even read them. I didn't have time. Um, so last week when you came out and went, bang, it was a shock to me. And I think some people on Twitter realised that. People were going, "Wow, you see the shock on Steve's face. He didn't. He didn't see you coming. Neither neither did Ben." But you know, it wasn't premeditated So, you know, I, I was I was Intrigued, it was a social study For me, um, I haven't Watched it back, but I, I, It's because I listened intently to what you were saying as, as the other two guys did But what was your feeling When you came off? What's your subsequent feeling from what's happened This week? Because I believe Ben's now Blocked you on social media And, you know What did you make of these big news? There, there's three questions for you, Keith, from me
3: uh, what I think when I came off, I came off thinking he was exactly what I thought he was when I went on. Um, on 17th of November last year, he um, put a he had our letter, and that letter was important to us because when fans out of their own pocket, um, despite what trolls would like to say, but when fans out of their own pocket produce five figures and start putting your claims together, it's it's. You know, yeah, I've, I've worked out a basic claim to put a claim together in order to do a letter for action be fifty thousand with any top QC, and then you've got two solicitors groups working for us as well. Um, it, it it hurts your pocket, but it also might hurt your credibility and your families. So, for example, Gordon's watching tonight, and uh, I hope his missus isn't. But Gordon did not tell his missus what he spent on this so far, and and he dropped out a few months ago to go back to work, and I, I give him. A I pat- go- Hi, Gordon. Well done, mate. <laughs> so, Gordon went back to work, and uh, and he, and then a few weeks ago, he, he, he you know he gives a ring, and he was back. Um, but but you know what we've put into it's considerable. But I've spent nearly a year of my life without wages doing this. So, people, some people say I'm aggressive. Well, if you've played football against us, you'll you'll you'll, you'll agree with that. You know, I I fight for everything I've got, and I fight for everything I've won, and and i didn 't start this thing off to um, i don 't know be a, be a patsy for the fans. What I did it for was because I had competition experience and commercially, I probably have a lot more grounded than most people and and what I wanted to do was fight for fans and i didn 't want to make a mug of it and, and if you think how hard I' fought how, you know one guy suggested you ever go to sleep and you've asked us that to stay breath a few times oh, yeah and 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 you know, there's times I'm answering tweets at two, three o'clock, and then I, I and then I come back on at six o'clock or seven o'clock, and and it, it, I don't want praise for it. What I want is maybe respect, because when I do a letter to the EPL and they turn around and tell me they do no circumstances, can I release that? Um, there was a bit of a spat happened, and that's what I was getting at, and that's what the first part of that show was. And if somebody puts me in a sponsored food race at the, at the supermarkets, I'll knock every tin over I can and I'll, I'll fill where I can. If I go in a yard of ale, I drink as much beer as I can. If I play past the parcel, I fight for a chair, I fight for the parcel. Like Everything I do, I get 100%. And when I get on the show with a bloke who I think is a crank and still think he's a crank, I'm going to tell the truth because I've always been brought up to tell the truth and fear no man. And, and, and that's how I live my life. I live my life. Just saying things as they are. And if people don't like that, then get over it. Because the one thing I've done is, and God not confirm this, we've afforded the right to do what us fans, us two fans, think was right. It might be wrong at the end. At the end, we might be proven wrong. And people might look at there and say, well, they got that totally wrong. But we've we've done what we think's right. And if you know, last week Ben leveled at me that none of the competition action was to do with me, and none of the current action is my action. And really, that's just horseshit out of somebody's backside, because being blunt with it, Robert De Donoghue looked at the case and built the case up, and he says, that will win, and still believe he's right. Then the club uh, will introduced to us, and Gordon will come on screen, he can, he can type something on the bottom now to say, Gordon Stain and May went into a room one day with another witness, and... The party that we met were a legal team and they didn't know anything about competition law. And they said that. They said, we are not competition experts. And they wanted to know what our points were and why competition would be catered within this takeover. And as a layman, because that's what I am, I'm not a solicitor and I'm not ever pretending to be something I'm not, but I'm a person who's bought tens of millions of pounds worth of competition experience. And so what I do is I've been levied with finding the best competition people out there. And that's why I find it quite easy to know where to go to do this. And I did that. I produced a letter. We did it out our own funds. Um, some guys that, that, that helped us at the start tried to do it through a, a fundraise. Um, I'll say it again tonight because I have no shame in saying it. If that fundraiser had been successful and those guys at War Fund had succeeded under Peter Baker, you'd have had a different owner by now. And I really mean that. Because that would have run October last year. The case would have, in Hughes' words, would have been out. In February, March, you know, the case would have been completed, but, but it probably would have got through the courts back at the start next year. That's why the EPL ran away from it, and that's why the EPL are running now. But you try telling a fan base that, and you try telling a bloke who's paid clearly by behind to disrupt what we're doing, and sometimes, and what i found this week is, come back to your question, Steve, is sometimes it's harder telling the truth to a captive audience than what is to tell lies, and if, if you compare that, I said at the other day, if I was raising something that's topical like a pledge, and I said, look, I want a million pound off you, and I want it this week, and if I get it, we can buy forty-five percent in Newcastle United. That's quite a strong statement, and I think the fan base would come forward with a million. But if Steve Acey stood up and says, oh, before you do that, that Patterson bloke has just been on. Um, he's, he's been to jail for, for actually misappropriating funds. And also, he, him, his partner is, is, is in jail now for misappropriating funds. What happened is, the million pound that was coming will go 500,000, 200,000, and it'll go to nothing. Because if Steve Acey tells a lie, and I tell the truth, your lies will work better than mine. And by the time they finish, listening to Steve Acey's story, they'll say, oh, he took 10 million. By the time they go down the pub, come off the pub, it's 20 million. And that's the problem that you've got someone like Ben who's, who, if you ask him a question, he never answers it. Never asks a question. I said, do you know anything about competition law? And he waffled on, he went around for It's start talking about behind when we are talking about competition law. And he said, if I need to find out about that, I'm going to ask somebody. The truthful answer to that is, no, I don't know. Booger all. You know, I'm, I'm a novice. And the thing is, he, he made himself look inept because what he did was, I, I had competition people watching the show last week, and what they said was, they said, it's clearly, clearly bluffing. And he, he said that our our case didn't look like the club's. It's the same thing, according to Donahue. And I'd rather listen to a competition QC than listen to a chancer. But I've got to admit, what I came off last show's week thinking was, what has he got? Because I left last week's show, I'd already heard what he's released of Steve Hasty and Neil Mitchell two weeks ago. You two were talking to us about this and you two told us that, um, the UEFA were going to um, probably take a lesser offer or a lesser, lesser bid. You, you describe what's in that article to the take, right? And that's what's good about this Circle because people don't bullshit and people talk the truth. And when I came off the show last week, three times he tried to railroad what we were saying by saying, well, wait, you say what I've got. Wait, you say what I've got. And what he was saying was that what he's got will derail the, the takeover. And that, that, to me, was... Holy shit. I hope but doesn't, you know what I mean? I, like, I don't know everything. And, and the club don't know everything. The buyers don't. We can just surmise. We get as much information as we can. But Ben give us the impression. He put his name on the line, really. And all week, I said to people, I said, do you know what it is? My logical brain kicked in. I said, if there's a great story out there, they can smash a over. I think Luke Edwards would have nicked it off him, to be fair. But, but if, if there was a great story that could do that, I, I really believe... Ben would have wet his pants and and published the story. Because he's never published any stories of any credibility for for a long time. So if there was a great story that could smash the table, I think he would do it. And what he keeps saying is, look, you know, I hope for Newcastle fans it goes well, and I'm thinking bollocks to you. So all along, I know he's leaked my story. Now, what you don't know is, and what you might add some stories, you might wonder why I laboured the points. For the first 10 minutes of last week, is because there was a big argument erupted where the Premier League insisted that Keith Patterson and Gordon Steen leaked the Newcastle United APL case. You know, it made television, and you know that on the 17th of November 2020, there was an uproar because all of a sudden Time Tees, BBC run it. Mike Ashley, Newcastle United, had taken the Premier League to court. That was leaked by the Premier League in a letter to me. So my nine-page letter had that in. They said, we won't expedite your case because this will come behind it. So I'm sat with that. I look at God and he looks at me. We send it to Robert and the team of lawyers and competition people. We say, where do we go with this? And they say, holy God, the club's got an action against the Premier League. And they said, I don't think they should have told that. So we didn't know what to do. And I went to a meeting at one o'clock and when I was in the meeting, I had four texts. And I'm, I, you know, when Liam does his book, you'll find out that the text offer, this, this, some of them were significant players in this whole transaction. And they said, your letter's out there, Keith. It's been leaked by Ben Jacobs. It's on Twitter. And I in there. And the letter basically just ridiculed us. And what I didn't like about it, what I didn't like about the time was that, that we'd spent a lot of money. We're just ordinary fans. Ian Gordon, I've never met him yet, uh, but, but we're just ordinary blokes. We're not clever. We're not, we're not anything special. We're just two people that wrote to Richard Mars's One Day Apart and met up through an article he put in the mag and because I'd been approached by the people from War Fund to to put my competition brain and my contacts to, to their idea of raising money through fans. When we got the letter back... We'd spent an arm and a leg on it. You know, we, 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 We'd spent, not hours, we'd spent days and weeks putting together this claim. And the Premier League answered it with a lot of credibility and in a nine-page letter telling us to go away. It was, what, the, what the QC said is, clearly, that letter's hurting them. Clearly, they bothered about that letter. Clearly, they want rid of it. What they did then was they made a move to go to somebody, a patsy, and give them it and say, right, go and discredit that letter. And that person was Ben Jacobs. So up until the show last Friday, lads, I can uh, happily tell you now that, yeah, I was on a mission to get him to admit that that letter came from him. Hence, I started with his first tweet. And the first tweet said, I spoke to the Premier League this morning. Because what I didn't want to do was squirm out of it. Because he is a squirmy person. He doesn't understand, being honest. And he's, he's a liar. So what I got him to admit was that he did the letter. He Later on in the show, I don't know if you heard, he admitted that the behind letter went out to 19 clubs. Now, I told you that one of the big things I wanted to do, or Donnie, you said to me, is we've got to get that letter confirmed that it was actually received by people. It was collective lobbying, but that was received. So we got him on 19 clubs. We got going to admit that he'd sent, a, that, that, that he'd, he'd throw it the Premier League. So what I was doing is I was doing the job. You know, I was doing the job. Call us what you want. And I've heard this week being called aggressive. Yeah, I think I'm quite aggressive. Um, I've been called a troll, which I'm certainly not. I'm on my own. Trolls come in numbers. I'm on my own. I get trolled every day. Um, I've been called a bully. I'm not a bully. I hate bullies. All my mates hate bullies. So people are trying to touch my buttons. I've been abused this week. I've had more crap this week than probably any week since I've done this. thing. And the thing is, I've lost... Uh, I, was, I, was, I was on there and I was nearly 11,000 people. And then just when it all happened and Mr. Jacobs was doing all these little, he, he put a comment out and said, all Newcastle supporters can see what you are. You're a bully, you're a troll. And what happened is, round about then I lost 30 followers. It was, it was funny, we were on the number and somebody that was working with us said, bloody, our just dropped. And about 30 people fell off. And we were talking about it later and somebody sent us a note. They said, Keith, keep, keep going. Keep doing what you do. And He said, Good, honest people like you don't lose followers. The followers lose you. And it's true that because because I'm the same bloke. It's dead easy for me to sit and go and people just said it was brave to talk to Ben Jacobs. Well, it wasn't for me because I just would tell the truth. It, 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 you know, when, you, when you tell the truth, you don't have to have a memory. You don't have to think back too far. And if you ask us the same question in a month's time, you'll get the same answer because you're just going to get the truth. And when you make lies up, by God, you need some memory. And, and I came off the show expecting a bombshell this week. And if that was a bombshell, poor oh Christ, I hope England ever gets attacked. He's on the, 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 the first ship that comes the, across the channel because bombshell, and that was going to wreck the takeover. It did absolutely nothing whatsoever. It was a man being backed into a corner, being told that he's an APL sympathiser and a behind pay and he was waffling and he was trying to get out and he, what he did was he said ah, i've got something ah, i've got something that will shut you up and he did it, he mentioned it three times he did i was gone and i did wait and wonder And when it came out the day i just obviously belly laughed I, you know i had I had a couple of friends i had a competition solicitor phone us up because he saw it before me and he was choked and he couldn't speak he said what a joke, he said, There's nothing there of any substance. So then I, I went straight to a WhatsApp group that I share with you three because it's one group I go to in a day and I go to it every couple of hours. And there's always common sense talk, so I know if I go on that WhatsApp without patronizing you three, there's just no crap. And if any of us talk crap, you, you wouldn't last on that WhatsApp. And when it when it come up, um, you know, the first thing I saw was even Mitch's comments was just saying. Really? Is that it? And, and the period? Yeah. Because
2: we we'd already discussed this two weeks ago. Yeah, of we, course. We, we, we saw what was coming, um, and, and 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 that I think is probably it's probably a good thing to talk about it actually, Steve, because you know breaking that that deal down that you have made would be in. There's totally different ways of, ways you can spin it, isn't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, you look at you look at the deal itself. You look at what's been what's being discussed. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen anything from UEFA yet, but we've we've heard Ben telling us what UEFA are going to do and what's going to happen, which is basically that. Um, a broadcasting company's put a six hundred million bid in for the broadcasting rights for the Champions League, um, but the, the the UEFA executive board are going to turn around and go, we won't necessarily take the highest bid. We'll take a bid that we think best suits us. So they're not going to take the six hundred million. They're going to take they're going to take a lower bid. That for some reason. So this is this is UEFA who are desperate for money, um, scrambling around in uh, a, a time when the, the Champions League's been suffering along with COVID, etc., etc. But they're going to take a bid for the rights for the Middle East that's going to be less than a bid that's on the table. That's the that's the, the gist of it. Now, why are they going to do that? Are they going to do that because uh, they think it's a, a, a good idea to take less money? Oh, well you know I find that strange or they're looking at it because they think that that there, ha- there is a, a an ulterior motive that the the saudi company has well they don't know that um or is it because only a couple of weeks ago when we had the european super league um and there was a night of the long knives in uefa which resulted in the uh, the the chairman of uh, Paris Saint-Germain being put in in an executive position on one of the executive boards of UEFA, um, and it just so happens that he's also the, the chairman and chief executive of BN Sports. You know, so you you start. To, you know, Liam talks about joining dots. We start to join these imaginary dots as well. We start to look at it. We talk about corruption. We talk about the the ways of the world. We talk about how things break and, and and play out but there you've got a situation we're going to take a less bid probably from BN Sports or probably from someone linked to BN Sports we're going to do it because we think it's beneficial to us and beneficial to the region um, oh, and by the way we've just appointed a guy who's uh, running, helping to run the show at UEFA who is the chairman of PSG and he's also very very high up in running BN Sports and you just go, is this real? Is this real? And that's the way UEFA want to operate. And I will help Mitch. We've gone, we've gone round the houses before with UEFA and we've gone round the houses Aye. with uh, about corruption and about the, the wheels and the, and how wheels get oiled and such like. Um, Aye. but we've also got the other situation that's that 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 is the other elephant in the room, which is the fact that they earlier in the week the story broke that at, at FIFA. There is uh, there's been a, a, an idea put forward that we should have the World Cup every two years instead of every four years. Yeah. Now, when you break that down, you actually see that from a women's football point of view, that would actually be very, very, very beneficial to women's football to have that because we don't have a huge European Championship, Asian Championship, etc., etc., CONCACAF, South American, but to have a women's World Cup every two years would be good. And the idea was that. If you combine the two and you could have it the women's and the men's World Cup running simultaneously every two years, and it should be a feasibility study that should be looked at. Now, FIFA have listened to that. It's come from Saudi Arabia and they've said, oh, that's a good idea. Let, oh, at least let's let's talk about it and let's see what the ramifications are. Straight away, the tanks are back on the loan from, the, from FIFA on UEFA's loan because straight away, the championship that we've got coming up in 10 days' time that starts, I think it's 10 days, um, yes. we're going to end up, we've got the European Championships. That gets played every four years. And in the intervening two years, you get, you get the World Cup. Straight away, you've got a conflict there. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's FIFA trying to take a grab or potentially trying to take a grab in the future of football in terms of the international game, because at the end of the day, that's all FIFA have, the international game. They've shot a lot when it came to, because they were, they were fully, fully behind the European Super League. They gave all the right signals to the guys who wanted the European Super League. Um, And then all of a sudden they backed off for some reason And, and everybody backed off. And, that's when you ended up with, with the three pariahs of Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus who got left at the starting gates when everybody else decided that they weren't going to be part of it. So there's all these games are getting played out. All of these games. And then somebody turns around and goes, you know what? Now there's an ally. Now the Premier League have found an ally at UEFA. Somebody else who can shout their mouth off that there's some piracy and the real reason that they're not going they're going to take a lower bid is because of piracy. It's because they're, they're worried about piracy, and that that just plays into the narrative. That's the narrative that Ben's trying to get at, which is give the Premier League something to hang their hat on, something that they can fight back with. And we talked about it. We knew this, this is the sort of thing that's coming. We, we observe, we watch, we, we listen, we read no, among ourselves about it. We know what's coming.
2: We've even spent time trying to look at it from a, a totally purely neutral point of view and seeing how how would a bid like that come together and what would you I'd be looking for? Well, I'd be looking for a platform, and in- infrastructure. Now, yeah. ironically, this is where if BOQ was an official thing, It would have helped Saudi, probably, ironically. Yes. Yes. um,
0: To
2: to give you a a comparative example, uh, Saudi took the F1 rates off being a couple of years ago. Can any of you name the broadcaster? Can any of you name the channel that the F1's broadcast on here in the Middle East? I'm going to tell you now. I reckon there's some people who live in the Middle East. Wouldn't know what channel to put on and which satellite system to use to get hold of the channel to watch it on out here, um, and and that's a, that's a company that outbid being, and let's let's make no bones about it, being say the the, the 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 let it go they didn't what they were doing is they were making sure they had enough money to buy the Premiership rights again, and as part of that trimming, and the, the 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 they allowed themselves to be outbid for the F one. I mean, I can tell you which broadcaster it is because they're based here in Dubai, even though they're a Saudi channel. And it goes out on NBC action. But I reckon nobody back home could have guessed that in a million years. And that's the problem. So you'd be stuck with a situation that you had um, for the African, uh, sorry, for the Asian Champions League, which is why they've broke, broke their rights down by country by country. Yeah. Because you had a situation where some parts of the world... Uh, some parts of the region couldn't access, didn't have a platform to access the biggest Asian conference showcase of the year. And so certainly UEFA probably wouldn't want a situation like we had when I first came to the Middle East, it was Abu Dhabi sports had the premiership rights here and B and took them off of them. And there was lots of rumblings about the deal being shady way back then. Um, but I tell you now, a lot more people in this region have access to be in sports as had access to Abu Dhabi Sports One and Two.
1: Yeah, good stuff, right, lads? I don't want to uh, dwell too much on the takeover tonight. There hasn't been a great deal of action on that score, and uh, as always, there's plenty to talk about when Newcastle United. And uh, I'm going to, you know, get your views essentially on on a couple of other things tonight. Uh, first of all, uh, Steve Hasty will come to you first. Uh, this has been leaked. Now, I've got to be perfectly honest. I really do not think that that is the strip, and especially the photograph of the, uh, the grandmother wearing it. I mean, oh. why on earth would that be leaked, Steve? Um, that, if that is the strip, then it's absolutely awful. It really <laughs> is. That looks uh, that really looks like a, a Thailand special. It looks like a, a sh- you know one you would buy at a market. You know, you know, one of these cheap market stalls that you find when you go to, you know, a a Far Eastern country, and you can buy them, and you, you know, you know, the snide tops. That's what it looks like. What's your take on that? If that is, if that is
0: going to be our new strip, are you impressed, Stephen? Yeah well straight answer no <laughs> straight you want a short answer I'll give you the short answer which we know that, that, i mean the, the photograph to me is, is of the of the of the lady with the top on and that top they look exactly the same the look they look as though somebody's just stuck stuck the two of them together and and, and made it up it, it's not it it's that's not the sort of shirt that you could wear during a premiership game for a start you know there's there's too much in it it's there's too there's too much chaff. For want of a better word, flying around on that top to be, you know, if, if I can guarantee on my TV, if 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 so, if, a, if eleven players were running around on a pitch and I was watching up my TV, I would it would just be looked like a load of static. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> it's that sort of picture, isn't it? It's that sort of thing. I mean, the, the one thing that you try to get away from is is that sort of sort of glaring. Um, multi-colored, multifaceted sort of top. It's not. It's not right. It's not. You know, you got most most proper away away kit. It's like, you know, a, a two shades. A, a, you know, one color and a, something bold because it's a contrast to what you've already got. That type of thing. And why you would also come out with a with, with an image of a second or third kit before you would ever even see the first kit again. I don't. I don't understand. Um, and also, it's it, to me, it's just, it's just, it's, it's another example of 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 people bored on Twitter or on social media, trying to put something out, trying to throw shade before we even know what the kit's going to look like. Um, and when we saw it early earlier in the week, when there was pictures of the grass being uh, lifted and the turf, <laughs> turf being removed, and new turf being put down, and we ended up with a with a you know, there's the, the Puma signs gone. And and what everybody's now convinced is Castori signs sitting up there. And there was there was mayhem. It wasn't mayhem because of what they thought was sitting behind it. It was mayhem because of the state of the roof. This is what we've come down to. We, we, are, so, we are so wrapped up in what goes on at Newcastle United that we're now talking about the state of the moss on the roof. You know, um, maybe it's we're growing mushrooms up there or maybe it's we've you've got a little market garden. Maybe it's Eddie. He was <laughs> have like have a little market garden going up there for all we know, but uh, you know it's it's just it, we're in we're into that realm of we'll, we'll put put anything up and we'll talk about anything type of situation. We'll argue about anything. We'll get we'll get our brains stewed about anything, anything to do with Newcastle United. And the irony is that the people who are shouting are the people who are giving, some of them are, are the people who are giving criticism. But Mike Ashley's still there, and now that this isn't what's going to happen, and we're trying to get rid of Mike Ashley, and we're trying to do the damnedest in pieces, doing everything he is possibly can as a, as a just a normal fan, for to move Mike Ashley out of St James's Park and to get new owners in and to make that that journey faster and quicker, and then we've got people who will still complain. Still complaining, and it's just like—I I mean, that's that's where my head has been all week, and that's what I can't understand, to be perfectly honest. And and then we'll, and then you'll get some reporter. He'll come out with some ridiculous story about Rafa Benitez and being past it. And again, yeah. that, oh,
1: well, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll come <laughs> on to that, Steve. Keith, what's your Keith? What's your opinion on that? Then I mean, is that the kind yeah. of top you're gonna stick on, and where We're prayed walking around there? You know, walking around you know, in a. You know, on a holiday or anything like that, it, it's it's awful, isn't it? I, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I think I'd
3: be disappointed if someone gives us it to wash the car. <laughs> 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 was just, just, it's a, it's a, just a bugger. Shit. I mean, it, it's it's tartan. It's it looks like Scottish tartan. There, the letters on it look washed out. I think it's. I need to wind up. To be fair, and I, 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 what surprises is I, I was told did the Chronicle ran that story. I was quite surprised. Is that true, that The Chronicle ran that yes. story? Yes, they'll run any story, though. They'll story, Keith. I, I get that, but, and I've seen some stories which you just think that you, you you see stories that you know aren't true, but to run a story like that, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, as Steve Aces has just touched on, you would never, ever do a major strip launch without putting the home strip first. You'd always start with the black-white stripes. Um, and to not do that to me, undermines it. Um, Colour-wise, I mean, it's just, it's just got no identity or anything. It's, I it's, mean, it's, 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 you've you described it, very politically incorrect as being a Thailand special. <laughs> it's, you know, it is the kind of thing you'd get on a market in Bangkok. It's, it's, it's so, it's such a poor first attempt. And I've just read a lot of the comments that's coming up and people are saying it's awful. I hope it doesn't happen. So, for the sake of the club, and the sake of our future, and the sake of you know, revenues, I hope it isn't the shirt because I can't see anybody buying it. Um, but what worries us is is if there's a batch of shirts where the black and white one comes out the same stable as that because the letters look washed out. Yeah, so,
1: I'll be honest, I can only speak as I find, and I've never seen Newcastle United snide shirts on, on sale in Spain, um, in Greece, where the other places I've holidayed, I've holidayed in Russia. In America, never seen any there. The only place I've seen them is
3: Thailand, Keith, yeah, to be yeah. fair. So that's no, why I mentioned Thailand. No, it is, no, for no, me, no, it's a wait. Thailand special. I could get it, you. It?
1: The out
3: there. It's, but, but the thing is, I've seen them on sale in Thailand and, and in Singapore. And, and And when you look at them, like you, you, you tend to get shirts that have never been created before. So often what they do out there, they make something up and then put your badges on it. Yeah, and you bring it back. You think, oh, nobody's got this shirt. So I know it's standing exactly where you come from. Still. I think that's what I think that's what it is. By the way, Chris here, who
1: is on the worldwide show, you must have had a bad day at work, mate. I've never seen you as negative at all. Um, he's he's he's, he's not having a pop with us tonight. He's having a pop with the Chronicle now. But uh, Chris, go and get yourself a beer. Go and lie in a cold room, mate. And just switch this
0: off because it's clearly getting on your wick tonight. <laughs> You know what surprised me I I was amazed when that when I saw that photograph of the shirt but it didn't have NUFC Matters instead of Funny 88 because that would have just been the ultimate pay take, you know what I mean. Because yeah. that's the sort of you know, if, if we're talking about people mocking up stuff, and we've seen all sorts mocked up this week, but that would have been the ultimate. That would have been mm. the ultimate if, it, yeah. if it had your logo that you've got there on your shirt, which mine's in the wash, by the way. Sorry, John. Um, but yeah, that that would have been that would have been the ultimate one, wouldn't it? That would yeah. have, that, can you imagine if that had gone all over Twitter. Be yeah. roasted, I know there's a few people commenting saying just... you, don't, you don't want to talk about the takeover, Steve.
1: Blah blah blah. Sutty's one of them. Um, look, we will come back to it. I just don't want to get bogged down in the takeover for two hours. And you know, what had a we had a very severe and serious. You know, show last week Which, yeah, it got good numbers But at times, it's just nice, nice to talk about other things And there are other yeah, things that we talk about And, you know, this show was based really on, on just it's not, it's not scripted, as I said So it's about lads having a chat And that's, you know, that's what we want to get back to, really I mean, the takeover is a very Gosh. important part of the summer But at the same time, I do want to cover other stuff So, you know, apologies to you who tuned in for two hours of takeover chat But at the moment... Um, you know there are
2: other things to talk about. Go on, Mitch. No, that shirt looks like somebody was bored in the towel factory one afternoon, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> just like yeah, what are you going to do? We'll not, we'll knock a shirt up. Why not? I can't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it, it it's. <sighs> I've seen the Wolves shirts. They've been released officially now, uh, and and there's just you know no comparison. I'm convinced that's. That's not right. It's, it, it just doesn't sit right. And to be fair to the lads at the Chronicle, haven't they contractually got to write so many Newcastle United stories a week? Probably. And so it's some, something which is an easy grab like that just ticks a box. And I know people will say, oh, clickbait and click what have you. Yeah, that's yeah. modern media, sadly. They're driven by their websites, not the paper sales. It's, it's a very different beast now. Um, but uh, I... Um, I wish we had some sort of vehicle that was a properly functional fans forum or something like that that the club could direct the kit manufacturer to and say, Sit down with these guys and let's have a chat about what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And 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 let's go through the back catalogue of all the strips all the way back to you know eighteen ninety two. What what worked and what didn't? What did you like and what didn't you like? Um, what's in there that you see sacrosanct? What shouldn't change? What do you not mind if it doesn't change? Um, because it'd I, be absolute hell on if, for example, um, what had done what Adidas did with Juventus a couple of seasons ago and give them a black and white half and half yeah. is the first. There'd be there'd be hell on, and that was Adidas, by the way, the company. Everybody. Talks about having back, um, and Adidas have late when they get it right, they get it right. But when they get it wrong, by God, do they get it wrong? Um, interestingly, that was that was a drive for the American market, by the way, to go do to half think, and half strips.
3: Do you because, not think, so do you not think the people who go back to this, the, the the games that they liked, though,
2: Picked strips from the areas that they liked? Yes, I think they probably do. But I mean, there's there many of we could remember. My dad would probably have an anecdote about the 1902 season somewhere in the family annals. <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
3: I but, was thinking more. I was thinking more. Do you know this? strip? Like, if you said to me, "What's yeah. your favourite strip?" the the the, the I, one with the Burg- yeah. burgundy burgundy and blue, with it, you know, back to it. A
2: period. I th- I think fans would appreciate if if you were to pull a strip out and say, "Right, this was inspired by." the away shirt worn by Malcolm McDonald in 1973 you know and I think people would get that and they'd buy into it Puma tried a little bit of it when they tried to tried to suggest that the horrible round collar on one of our shirts was inspired by the face face Cup shirt and they're like that's bollocks we can sense that miles away shut up because if you were going to base the shirt on that you would have done almost a carbon copy of it yeah, but sure that well,
0: wouldn't you?
2: You know? <laughs> and I think being being be innovative with the strips and being being not not afraid, then if you've got a home strip everybody's made up with, or the majority are, you've got an away strip that the majority are made up with. Right. If you want to give us something that's straight out the tea till the fact, factory, do that with a third strip. <laughs> There'll be a niche market for that. Because you've also got to remember some of those strips that initially when they were released, people went, Ugh. Like that um, two-tone yellow one from the championship-winning season under Hughton. That's 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 a shirt that's got a cult following now. If you look, what that goes for an eBay on a second-hand shirt market, it's ridiculous. Same with the third strip from around that time, which was the the, the Inter Milan one, the blue and black stripes. Yeah, which everybody was like, "What the hell's that for?" You know. And again, it's a shirt that's got a got a cult following. To use a use a popular phrase. that people pay top dollar for when you're collecting shirts. Um, I, seen, I used to have it.
0: We've seen arguments in the last sort of 10 years about the width of the stripe not enough, oh, stripes, yes. too many stripes.
2: Does the badge go on a full stripe or does it go across half and half on the yes, two stripes?
0: Does the badge go in the middle, or is it, the is it in blue, the middle of the side?
2: You is it, it stitched on? Is it ironed on? Is it yeah. printed on? Um. If if it's quality, do anyone actually care, really, at the end of the day?
1: Well, I think Karen but, Gattis's suggestion of giving it to skips and is probably the best uh, suggestion made so far tonight. We've had, you
2: we've had multi million pound sportswear companies in Puma and Adidas get yeah. stuff wrong. Yeah. So and, and again, this was an opportunity that we talked about with Bin Zaya Group. They were talking about doing a Dubai sportswear brand and ultimately they would take over and do their own. Do
1: you still do buy your kit, to... you kit, Mitch?
2: Me? Um, no, at the minute. Um, what I've got kicking around here is, are some of the very interesting non-league ones that I do in the rounds at yeah. the moment. Because you, you, so you, know, a...
1: you wear your UV tops and stuff like that,
2: don't you? Don't anymore. Yeah. Thank you very much. After the Super League stuff, they've been the... being consigned... Yeah. Consent to the bottom of the draw, but I mean, yeah. I've, I've got my blue, I've got my blue star home and away, um, and I've got Ashington uh, I've got a couple of different Ashington ones, um, which I'll put on, and I've got a couple of generic Nike black and white straight ones, but they're just Nike black yeah. and white Nike FC kits. I'll get um, the retro and...
1: shirts. I'll get the retro shirts, and I obviously get a Dunstan shirt. So that's that's my lot. Um, what about you, Keith? Do you ever buy? Do you ever buy the Newcastle strip these days?
3: I buy them. I usually buy home and away. Um, if, if I like the away top, invariably buy, buy the home top. But I was just thinking there before, I, I like shirts. When I look at my shirts, like, I must have 40 different Newcastle shirts. And when I look at them, I think the sponsor's important because I yeah. like the ones with Newcastle breweries on and the Blue Star and Exhibition and stuff. So I like, it might be it might be an age thing or it might be the fact that I'm a piss head, but I like stuff with drink on, with alcohol on. But I don't really like Wonga, and I don't like that Fun88. So whatever yeah. shirt you put that on, it doesn't like warmers. You know what I mean? So so I think the sponsor's important, and that's one thing I look forward to in the takeover is to be able to get, like, worldwide sponsors. You know what I mean? Because who I still don't know who Fun88 are, but um, I just think that when you look at shirts, I think you relate a shirt to an era. Yeah. So in Keegan's era, I like most of them shirts. And then when I go back, I probably like an away shirt to be the Brazil colours. I've always liked something have had Brazil colours for the third I love trip. the yellow one. I
1: love the yellow retro one with the green on, that Newcastle yeah. strip. I love that yeah. one with the, um, the is, old badge.
3: Is, is that like Mick Mahoney type? type yeah, of, yeah,
1: perfect. I, 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 lo- I, I love, that. I love I, that. You get them at the back page off me. They're, they're brilliant. I, then. They're really, I really do, good. They don't, all last, all they don't last in the sun, sadly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one, one, of the, what, one of the best strips I picked up, about two or three years ago, was one of the... One of the the, the the ones that got released onto a Spanish website that didn't have the phone 88 sponsor on. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I paid for it. like I need bloody brains examined. <laughs> once it, once, once, you, once you included the DHL shipment to Dubai, it was ridiculous. Still less than you pay for a watch, lad, I'm
1: sure. Uh, or, or less a, than you pay
2: for a bloody, bloody pint in some of the bloody places <laughs> on the palm.
1: Big shout-out to Paul Castledine, by the way. I love getting messages like this. Hi, guys. Love the show. Lots of Toon Army lads here in Cyprus. Wishing you all the best. Have a good time, lads. Um, and, uh, yes, uh, nice to hear from you. Yes, um, Hopefully, when things clear up with COVID, we may start getting to some of these places. It'd be good to go out and visit these places. Steve, um, are you still a strip man, or do you, do you not bother
0: now? Um, you know what? I, I used to... I haven't bought a strip for a while. But, well, I have. I've bought them, but I usually wait at the end of the season when they're like 20 quid rather than 60. And speaking of which, I was in JD Sports this afternoon because we went into town, and the New England shirt, the blue and the white, were 100 quid. No. Mm-hmm. 100 pound. I was like, what? It wasn't yeah. even like the, 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 the cling filmy one that a player would wear. They were 100 quid. And oh. I just is somebody taking a Mick out of me here? I was I was going to get the kid to come over and and be like a dodgy old bloke and go, can you just read that price out to was mate? Because I think my eyes are going. Hundred quid it? just for the top, just for the top,
2: just for the 600, top, for the six hundred six hundred and twenty nine Emirati Durham on the Nike website over here. And yeah. so that's a bit, more I mean, like love. I like. England quid.
0: kit. It looks good. The 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 white kit looks good. But when you see 100 quid, you're going, what on earth? Even the junior kit for a young kid was, I think it was 65 for the top. You know, I'm, I'm the sort of bloke who would probably try and squeeze into that one because it was 65 instead of 100. <laughs> but to be, to be perfectly honest, I, I'll, I'll wait at the end of the season. I'll, I'll, I'll go to JD Sports. I'll, I'll be wandering around I'm in that sports shop. And I would, I would yeah. see a shit and I'd go, oh, it was 40. <laughs> 30, then, then I'll get it. And I'm a year behind. And I, I very, rarely them, you know? very rarely wear them. Very rarely wear them. don't, she might wear the, the strips that I buy when she's working behind the bar in the Irish Centre on a match day. And the girls like to, they like to put the the Nick Castle top on and have a bit of crap with the with the with the staff, you know, and this type of thing. Um, and that's where they probably get worn more than anything. But and, and you know that, Steve, because you've been in the Irish Centre when Lauren's been working, you know. Yeah. But that, that's the sort of you know I, I, that's that's me. I'm, I've got, all the, I've got all the tops from way, way back, you know, that, and it's all the ones that Keith's talking about, and they're the, they're the great tops. That's, that's the top. <laughs> they're £65. Now, this,
2: this is the best top-related purchase I've made in bloody ages, this, man. Can cannot beat a sh- bucket be hat. Bucket hat made out of a shirt. Player oh, issue won it.
1: very good. Now, where, where, where was that, that's
3: that from? from?
2: That's from a place I here called Retro Sport DXB. And they do retro shirts and things like that. Because I'm got I've made me mind up. I'm going to pick an Ink retro England shirt up off of him. Because what I'm going to pay for an England shirt over here is going to get as a mint condition retro one, and it's going to be something a bit more unique. And I'm buggered if I'm paying 125 pounds for a football shirt.
0: I love
1: them hats.
2: I, I want one.
0: Yeah, you know what, the guys though that. that when you talk about the shirts and you talk about the, you know, and, and Mitch, you mentioned it earlier, but I've seen some fantastic concept kits that have been designed by mm-hmm. Newcastle fans and, and lads who are really, really good at photoshopping and really, really good at, at all of that uh, stuff. And they've created some fantastic images and mock-ups of shirts. And we actually had this conversation with the club, if you remember, a couple of years back, yeah, yeah. We about it we talked about it and said why don't you get the fans involved in the design the shirts and of course it you know a kit design is designed 18 months in advance or so in fact probably longer I think if, if I remember rightly the conversation we had with Lee Charnley uh, at the time but we said get the fans involved and it's not it's not something new it's not something that we're just coming out with now it's something that we've put to the club you know a number of occasions. Get the fans involved. Let's design something. Let let's get involved. And and hopefully if we get new owners, they'll be receptive to that sort of um intuitive um Way of integrating themselves and, and 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 working with fans, working with fan groups, and working with individual fans who have got some amazing skills. And we know Steve because we've we've had friends who and, and acquaintances who have been great with graphics who have ended up working at a football club, doing programs yeah. and stuff like that, and some of the designs yeah. over the years. So you know, I, I look back and I think if there's a, if there's a skill out there that can be utilised by a football club and it's a fan or a group of fans and you can get fans to to buy into it, then why not? Utilise those skills. Utilise what you've got at your doorstep. Integrate with the fans. Get the fans involved. Um, that's what it's all about. I mean, we're hearing various rubbish coming out of Manchester United today about, oh, we're going to have this uh, fans council or a fans advisory board, and which is going to be a step up from the fans forum that we've had, which, by the way... They were the owner has never been to for 16 years and people are going, oh, he turned up today. Wasn't that really good? You know, and it would probably be exactly the same if Mike actually turned up at a fans forum cool. meeting. Yeah, during the week. But it, there has to be a start somewhere. Something, you know, it has to start somewhere. The, the, the discussion has to has to be seen to be taken place, and we have to get there. And when we, you know, later in the season, when we talk about um, where where the where the whole you know governance of football is going, because I'm sure we're going to have those conversations. Um, these are the sort of topics that we'll be bringing up.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, and now we're in already. Uh, with time flies when you're enjoying yourself, um, we're going to go to one of our uh, regular segments, which always takes about ten minutes. As always, Mitch and I have been inundated with Toon Lookalikes. Um It's probably the biggest thing that we've done on this show, I've got to be honest, because we literally, from the moment we finish at half past seven, we are inundated. I've actually had a request from somebody as well. Um, I'm not sure whether I've, I've, I've got it. Oh, here it is, I think. Here we go. Moxie Mag says, uh, "Any chance of you all providing a photo of when you were late teens, early twenties on Friday's show? I think all the lookalikes you have been uh, of you have been done. This could help create some new ones. So I think if you use the WhatsApp group, lads, maybe send us an early photograph of you because I'm sure Keith, you will have hair like I did um, at some point." I'd, I'd a wench. Oh, no, to... So <laughs> Moxie's come up with that idea. So yeah, I mean we'll get we'll get photographs soon, and we will do that and we'll b- probably stick them up. But um you'd be very surprised um you know, these look like you still keep coming in. And me- there are quite a few of us. Um we'll start with this one first from Dougie Morris. Steve Wraith, he says it's football a footballer look alike, which I think's pretty good. Uh, and yeah. that's that's, yeah, yeah, that is quite good. It's not it, it's not me, obviously. It's um, it's is it Flo who played for Liverpool and Chelsea? I think Fernando it is Fernando Torres. Fernando oh, Torres. Torres, yeah. Fernando that's Torres, I, okay, Fernando Torres. And is that the that's an actor, isn't it? It's that's the Sasha guy. Sachin yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, We'll then go on to this one, which was sent to us on Instagram by Glenn O. Um, he, he just says that's they another one. looks like smell. he said that looks like that looks like Keith, um, which yeah. I thought was a was a fairly good one. Uh, we're getting back on to 100 uh, percent marks so who's starting to become a bit of a regular on this show. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Keith on the lad's night out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: on the doors. I think that's after. I think that's after the takeover. Uh, clearly, <laughs> Keith, Keith's yeah. certainly he's certainly dragging them in this week. Uh, he also goes with this one, uh, another tune looked like Tobin Bell from uh, Saw and Keith Patterson, which uh, yeah. was, which was pretty good. Um, then we had this one, which oh. was which was a belt uh, from Luke, uh, which is uh, the guy who was playing Prince Philip in the Matt. Crown, isn't it? Yeah. And... yeah yeah, and Emil Kraft, of yep. course. So uh, that was that was a pretty good one. Thanks for that, Luke. Um, this one wasn't so much a uh, uh, one where he put up the uh, where he put up the pictures. This is actually a video, so if you give Albert M74413952 a follow on uh, Twitter You will will find out what he was going on about here This is actually a video that you can do with a thing called Reface Um, Steve Wraith, The New Harry Potter And it basically puts my head on all of these uh, particular images, like a film reel So it's well worth following Al just for that uh, give Albert a follow, but I hope you're well, Albert. I always enjoy your uh, input on Twitter. Um, it's always, always, uh, always good crack. Okay, so the win this week uh, was one we got very early, uh, and uh, I, I don't think we'll have any disagreements with this, lads. Jimmy sent us this. <laughs> Mitch, I think that's fantastic, like
2: it is spot on, isn't it? Even Absolutely the- spot on.
1: Even the uh, even the expression and everything um, <laughs> I've got no idea who the cartoon character is um, I, I think I should know But uh, that is absolutely brilliant So Jimmy yeah, that, uh, that,
2: coming, that, was, that was immediately the winner Before anything else happened
1: But well, yeah, it, it just overshadowed everything else But that uh, that completes Tune lookalike this week Keep them coming in. Send your email, uh, your Twitter uh, pictures to me, uh, Steve H D, Keith, or to Neil, and uh, we'll endeavour to get them all on the show. There was a couple of others uh, which got pinged in. Uh, of course, this one I think just. The fact that I looked, it looked like me on a on a wrestling poster, which uh, didn't quite me at the cut this week. But thanks for sending it in, and uh, Doctor oh. Squat Pump, of course, uh, sent that lookalike of Shira from bygone era. But it also realised that uh, there was a mustachioed Geordie dentist on there as well. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for your efforts. Keep them coming in, as I say, send them to us on Twitter, and we will endeavour to share them with the uh, Geordie public uh, week in week out. Um. I was going to include this in Tweet of the Week, but I, I just think it's worth touching on. And We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit about, um, about players. And, and this was from Chris, Christian Atu. We uh, tweeted this at the start of the week. Of course, he's uh, moving on to Pastures New. And uh, for those of you who uh, want to know what he said, it was, When I arrived in Newcastle almost five years ago, I was made to feel welcome from the start by everyone at the club, and especially by the fans. I grew to love the city, and my young family feel very at home here. Sadly, the time has now come for me to leave the club. So I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who was part of the Newcastle United family. Thank you to the Toon Army fans, a lot of whom I've met around the city. I'll never, ever forget my time in the North East. And for sure, I will follow the results every week. Thank you for my journey staff, players and fans. It's been a pleasure. I love that. And I've yeah. got to be honest, that is what yeah, yeah. it is. Signing for Newcastle United for any player thinking about doing it um, they, should, they should read that and think, wow you know, For somebody from you know, another country to come and adapt to life in England And life in Northeast England in particular like that It just makes you proud to be a Geordie And, and on top of that, I want to discuss another departure Something which Lee Ryder covered in the Chronicle of the Day Henry Savvy um, somebody who we probably only know Because he keeps getting mentioned in every transfer window Can we ever get rid of this guy Well we're now going to get rid of him But his final pay packing in August um, yeah, you know, He's going to have Crossed Newcastle United £12 million after arriving From Bordeaux in 2016 For £5.4 million. So Steve let's come to you on that um, Christian Attu first of all What he had to say And then
0: Xavier. You know, How could we have got something like that so wrong Atsu was. I think it was a lovely uh, response from Atsu, um, and he—he's a, a, a genuinely decent lad for a start. And and he—I he, I just I, the certain players that that when they leave, they say the right things. They, they do the right things when at the club. He, he gave no trouble to the club in the entire time he was here. Um, he, it, at times he was a regular, other times he was a bit popular. player. Um, he was alienated for the last year, which was disappointing because we could have probably used someone with his skill and attributes um, as the season went on because there were holes all over our squad. Um, but it, it, it reminded me a bit about a bit like um, Gutierrez when he left. You know, he started off. He wasn't exactly. You know. You know. People didn't sort of like welcome with open arms you had you know there was there was you know we got rid of him we went on he went on loan at one point um that type of thing but i think that there's there's certain players that that, that take to the take to the region take to the fans take to the the city and and build a life around what that's what they're seeing and become part of of, of the environment and uh, i think that that message that he sent out basically summed him up he's a he's a, a decent genuine um thoughtful footballer and and human being um savvy I haven't got much to say about savvy because I, I feel as though you know you, you buy a player he comes from from again I mean he came from like you say he came from Bordeaux in 2016 um, they paid money for him they gave him a very very good salary and he never got the rub of the green. He never got an opportunity. Whether, whether or not they, they realised re- really early on that they'd made a mistake, I, I don't know. Um, but literally just disappeared into the ether for five years. And you know what? If if, if the club's going to treat you like that and the club's going to buy you and use you as a commodity and the co- and, and, you're, and you're happy to pick the pay packet up, that's what he did. He had every right to do that. Um whether from a football career it was the right thing for him and whether he'll suddenly turn out to be an absolute world beater wherever he goes, I, I very much doubt. But that's that's the gamble, that's the risk you you take in, in, in the game, and that's the risk that Newcastle United took, and they ended up with a player that they just literally could not shift. Um but they give him a ridiculous contract. And if you give yeah. somebody a ridiculous contract, how do you move them on? You either pay them off and then or you, or you, or you let them see the contract through, and it was a five-year contract again. You know why did they give someone a five-year contract? They give him a five-year contract because somebody somewhere in the club thought that this kid was somebody that they could make money on further down the line. You know, a couple That's of easy. seasons, three years, and move on to do something else. That's and I, I, from a from a footballing point of view, from a you know, like so, if you, you look at it, you go. <sighs> Have you, have you got nothing in you that wants you wants to go out and wants to play a football and, and, and literally would just, just move on and 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 go elsewhere? But he, obviously the lad went, you know what? If they're gonna pay us and he obviously felt that nobody else would give him the money that he was on, and he was quite happy to to, to see his contract out, and that's what he did. Um we could slag him off for in a day, but is it gonna do him any good? Is it gonna do me any good to slag him off? No. So is it, it gonna do me any good to have an opinion on it? Not really, because it's not gonna make any difference. So um and for me, the five years are up. It's not it's not my money, it was Mike Ashley's money, it was the football club's money, and uh and they wasted it. Um I'd like to think that we had a we had a setup in the future that wouldn't make mistakes like that from a footballing perspective and from a business perspective. Um but that's that's it, Steve. There's nothing really.
1: No, no. no. I mean Keith. Keith. I mean Atsu. Probably you know came into his own for us when we needed to get back out of the championship. He had a cracking season. You know he was he was a he was far too good for that level, and um, you know he gave us gave us everything. But. Uh, You know, just didn't quite cut it at the Premier League level, and um, you know, from our perspective, you know, was was cast aside really by by Bruce was you know was surplus to requirements. But um, but yeah, it's just nice to see you know a player come out with that kind of rhetoric when he leaves. You know, we see too many players having
3: a a pop when they leave clubs, but that was it was nice to see. I mean, he's got he he left he's left on great terms, and I think when he came he showed lots and lots of potential. And I remember seeing him at the start. We brought a Brazilian at the time from Chelsea. I can't remember what they call that. The Brazilian. He, he Kennedy. was he, Kennedy. And he was mega money. You know, he, they, they wanted crazy money for him. And it was at that period that, you know, with Atsu and Kennedy, he had a lot of pace. And if Kennedy did, I mean, Kennedy was doing nothing at Chelsea and he came in. When Atsu came in, I thought he had like a lot about him. But I think he's proven now that he's got a lot about him as a person, the way he's done that. Because for me, signing off like that says a lot about the man. But I was more today, sort of focused on Xavier. I think, I think you might, Steve, be a little bit harsh, Stevie Hirsty, because, like, in fairness, Chelsea were looking at uh, Tiotti at the time. Chelsea were, were, were sniffing around buying Tiotti office at the time, and somebody, and I tell you, it was it was Graham Carr, because we we look back. I mean, this this probably leads on to another story about journalists. And Rafa Benny is because what I pick up from this story is that Henry Savier came to Newcastle, um, 5.4 million. Um, he played in the French leagues and he was he, he was classed as being a good player. Um, he came in. Um, when he played, he didn't look like a, a, a really, really bad player. He just didn't look like a really, really good player. And that's where the difference lies. But it's Newcastle's fault and it's Graham Carr's fault. They brought him in. He played four games under McLaren. And then, you know, McLaren crashed and Savier went with, I think, but it wasn't Savier's fault because he came in to do a job and he would have come in thinking, you know, they've signed us for five and a half million. They paid us 32,000 a week, I believe his wages were. And, and you think, well, what he's going to do, is he's going to get his game. But when they used him as a sub in years to come, he came on and I think he, he scored off a free kick in a cup match. Then they played him again. And what happened is Benitez came in straight away, and, and people go on this week, you know, it's in the press this week, that Benitez, Benitez lost the touch. I tell you what, he took one look at Henry Savier and he just, he said no. And, and Benitez was right because had Benitez been there and McLaren was there, Savier wouldn't have gone in the club. He wasn't a Benitez type player, he wasn't good enough. And, and that doesn't make it the lads' fault. You know, if, you, if, someone signed, if someone signed one of your kids and they didn't make it, it doesn't make it that kid's fault. You've got to take what you can get. But Benitez, when, when somebody says this week that Rafa Benitez is getting old and lost his touch, I hope I hope he stays old for the next years at Newcastle. That's what I hope. Because the man's got a brilliant eye for recognising a player. And he looked at Xavier and he just didn't fancy him. And what Benitez did, he tried to get him deals. He tried to get him a travel spot. And he tried to get him away from Newcastle. And he tried to persuade him to go. He played 30-odd games for somebody. And, and when he was away... Some clubs played half his wages. He wasn't seen as one of Benitez's buys. It was one of these Graham Carr buys. And it's all right remembering Kabay and remembering, you know, Ginny Wijnaldum and all them kind of players. But you've got to remember the, the, the other players. You've got to remember the other players he brought in. And I think Savier was one of them people that he just got wrong. I think I think Carr, he's the guy that watches them and he got, he's the guy that recommends them. And Newcastle buy him. But Savier was never good enough when he came recognised Benitez not being good enough. And Newcastle couldn't get him off the books. And when Benitez brought him back, they put him in the under-23s, um, which you might think it's an insult, but it's it's telling a message to a player about his pride and say, do you want to play the rest of your life in the under-23s on 32 grand a week? Or do you want to go and take 26 grand a week and play somewhere else? And Xavier chose to see his conduct out. And it's a it testament to Benitez's judgment that all the clubs that saw him didn't fancy him, and in five years he's done nothing. He's cost us 12 million. And the record the next disaster story is Muto. because if you want to up the numbers, Muto <laughs> will cost more than that. He was more eight or nine million, I'm told, or ten. But yeah. his wages to thirty-two thousand Savier is fifty-four thousand. So you can sit there and say, you know, he, he he's gonna if, if like on the numbers I've worked out today, if if the Savier story is is twelve million. I think the Mutual story is going to be 20 million. And, and you've, got to see, you've got to look at it and say, what Steve said earlier is, we've got to be better at doing this. And, and to me, coaching, team selection is everything. And, and I go back, Keegan got it wrong sometimes, but by God, he could spot a player like, you know, like yeah. Keegan like, well, wanted someone. And I think Benete is the same. So what I want to do is lead on to that and say, why are people writing press this week Criticizing Rafa Benitez for sitting at home, not like in my eyes, he's probably waiting for the table to happen. For my eyes, he brought people together that's that's put this deal, he brought buyers together in to Newcastle. That's how much Benitez would commit to this club. And he committed to us through the championship. He's never ever had the kind of backing that we would give him or that the table would give him. But why criticize the bloke for not taking jobs? At average clubs, why? Why? I tell you what: if he takes a di- if he takes a deal next week or goes to Inter Milan or somebody, everyone will say, "Oh, well, he's not interested." in Newcastle the table was dead. But the reality is, Rafa Benitez is waiting for something. And to me, I think it's a slur on the man to sit there behind a journalist's pen and criticise him. So I'd like to bang that and see what you three think of that. This: why do yeah. you? Listen, it it is it is
1: crazy, and it's it's crazy it's crazy time the summer, and that's you know someone's always going to come out with the opposite opinion. That's you know that's the way journalism works. Somebody's going to write one thing, someone's going to write another, and I think the fans, certainly the fans who watch this program, can see through that story. Uh, most people know that Rafa Benitez, you know, has unfinished business in Newcastle. And should the PIF takeover go through with, with PCP and with Rubens, that Rafa is the most likely front runner. And for me, I've said, and, and look, Liam Kennedy put the story out this week that essentially Rafa is waiting for this job. You know, there's no there's no other there's no other sign. People are saying Rafa signed Muto. Yeah, Keith's just covered that. He's just covered the fact that Rafa didn't always sign great players. Um but he signed some good ones as well. So yeah, yeah look, it's it's a silly season. That's that was the words I was trying to come out with. It. it it's a silly season with with stories. But you're right about you're right about that story. Um, but look, that person we know is entitled to write what he wants, and he'll continue to do so until things change, and and there's nothing we can do about that. But um, Mitch, your your views on those two players, and because I want to, I want to get onto an extra well, regular segment.
2: You, you want to talk about professional footballer Christiano? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to use the word professional And what it actually means? Um, that's the writings of a professional footballer and somebody who could have sit and whinged and moaned about being left out of squads made a, made a racket in the local press and chucked his toes out the cot and got his agents doing all sorts he's never, never the only thing I've seen him doing is back in his home country opening a foundation building churches, schools and water irrigation systems <laughs> with his yep. own money and his own bare hands brilliant um, that's a young man you want around and that's a young man you want to be around but if he's not good enough to play in the first team then he's got to be allowed to, to play his craft somewhere. Um to so thank you very much particularly for that year in the championship his contribution with 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 assists and free kicks that year was was vital really. Um he scored actually some quite crucial goals if you look back at that season. So thank you very much and you go with grace and and good thanks and a leaving message like that will like I say, it should be read by anybody thinking of coming into the club about what you could be. And doesn't it wonderfully dispel the 11 Geordies on the pitch myth? Yeah. We'll have you if you're from anywhere and any background, as long as we see you giving your all and being professional and doing what we would do, or we're given the chance, you're one of us and he'll forever be one of us. And so, thanks very much. He's never going to be a club legend that doesn't matter. He obviously cared. Um, and Savvy to give him his dues again, he heard much in the press from him. Have heard much moaning, whinging? No, he's, he sat tight on his contract because he knows fine well he's not going to get that contract anywhere else. And, the, and that was the challenge we had moving him out was we would have ended up paying some of his wages at another club if he'd moved anyway. Yeah. Um, I've got a mate who's connected to Gingamp. One of the lower division clubs in France, um, that occasionally get in the in the top flight and then get relegated straight away. Um, he insists that uh, we played him in the wrong position; that he wasn't a replacement for Tote, wasn't a wasn't a Tote type ball winner, and move it on. It was more he was more box to box, and that's how we should have been used. So, our question when we bring players like that in, what metrics are they using? in the scouting system to decide, right, he could replace him or he could be an upgrade in this position. Um, or are they going on on personal experience, what they see? Are they deliberately buying players that they think they can mould and shape into something else? Um, I just don't know. But he, he just seems to be, every now and again, every manager will buy a stinker. And they all do it. they yeah. absolutely all do it. Um and it happens. And sometimes a club just isn't for a player or a situation, just isn't for that player or the system that they're playing him in or the position that and the job they're asking him to do isn't actually his natural skill set. And when you're at the top flight, you'll either sink or you'll swim when somebody does that to you. Yeah. Um, and, and shifting him on, the, the Turkish club he went to wanted him badly, but they wanted to get him for buttons and they wanted us to pay two-thirds of his wages. Yeah. You know, not going to happen. You might as well see him out and see if you can shift him on and get him off the books in a cheaper way or let him run his contract down the way he's done. But he's let his contract run down, I guess, in a very professional manner. He's just got on with it. Because the lad's been nowhere near the first team. He'd have been training nowhere near the first team. Um, that, for a footballer, must be sold destroying. Um, yeah. So you know that, that that's the situation I see with him. It was a wrong player, wrong club at the wrong time. But with that too, he goes with with love and grace and and, and all the best wishes from everybody. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, well said mate uh, Okay, as you know, qtechshop.co.uk Do uh, a monthly giveaway They're giving away again some t-shirts Some hoodies and some cups uh, And you, all you need to do is collect the clues Throughout the month of June And then uh, we will give you a final question At the end of June for you a chance to win And it uh, will be the, the, the answer into the chat Will be The first person with the correct answer in the chat will be the winner So uh, this is your first clue there you go, Super Mac, regular on Thursday nights on the show. Uh, but that is your first clue this week. And as I say, some NUFC matters goodies up for grabs at the end of the month. Uh, so jot that down, Super Mac, and uh, we will have another clue on next week's show. And uh, it's time for. Kept these short and sweet this week, and uh, we've had a lot going on, so um, we haven't had time to collaborate a great deal. Um,
3: what is Mitch doing?
2: Changing the cooling system.
3: Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get frightened when you went away to get that hat. I thought you were going to come back with crotch sneakers or but, something. But, but,
1: funny, funny enough, that's what a few people in the uh, chat were saying I, as I, well. I, there was I, a lot of, There was a lot of worried people, Mitch.
2: It may have been done for a slight little bit of effect,
1: yeah. Ah, I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> okay. Uh, OK, so we'll whiz through these ones. Um, this one was one from last week that Steve Hastie sent us, and it was a, a tweet from the Premier League. Who was in, in your yep. no
0: corner? Exactly. Yeah. And I thought Peter, Peter, uh, Peter Clennell, uh, who we, we met a couple of weeks ago uh, at the match. Uh, I thought that was great. Nick DeMarco and Shaheen Fatima. Who have you got? I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> that
1: was that, that was great, great, very
0: quick. That's a quick, quick witted and a great Quality. response. Quality. Uh, got a win. Yeah, this was Daniel. Yeah, uh, this, yeah, this was
1: I, this was me being accosted in the
0: street. Steve, I got accosted
1: cool. for a photograph, so I, I said I would include it and tweeted the week this weekend. Uh, Daniel's missus asked us for a photograph, Catherine, and. Um, she wanted a shout out, and I forgot last week with all the the pandemonium that was going on with Ben being on the show. So, uh, hi, Catherine. Uh, there you go, tweet of the week. You got to mention. So, uh, big thank you, big thank you to her, and uh, it was nice to meet you.
0: Um, this one, Steve. Yeah, the cat. There he is. The cat is back. Just caught Julie watching the show, and there's Julie with her specs on, on like me, watching the laptop. I thought that was brilliant So that's Julie
1: Baker Of course Who's on there She's having a little trip Away to York this week Uh, I thought I missed her In the chat So uh, Julie There you go Joe Walker Made you famous Uh, And this is the winner This week
0: Yeah There (laughs) we go (laughs) Meanwhile in Sunderland My sister's pregnant I'm going to be your dad
1: (laughs) Thanks Claire Marshall Very good good. uh, Excellent You've won uh, You've won Tweet of the Week This week Fantastic (laughs) Keep those tweets coming in as well If you see one nominated And send it to me, Mitch, Keith or Steve And we will, as I say, endeavour to get it out Up onto the show We've got a, a, a very special show tomorrow um, Something which I've, I've held on to Actually for the last few years But um, I'm having a day off tomorrow So uh Tune in 6 o'clock tomorrow night An evening with Les Ferdinand Which was at Nine Bar in 2017 It's still very relevant uh, Very little about what was going on At the time at the football club um, A lot about Les's career And a lot about Les's past I interviewed him at Nine Bar It was a sellout uh, event uh, So that will go up live tomorrow night It's an hour and seven minutes long uh, So I hope you all enjoy that tomorrow night And uh, I do want to give a shout out as well To those uh, cult members Um, I know, uh, Gary Edwards, um, got his cult t-shirt and, um, he was also, also happy to, uh, to send that one in with his little, uh, uh, daughter as well. So a big shout out to, uh, to Gary. I can't remember who sent me this one in. Um, we don't do a photo of the week section, but if we did, this would certainly be it. Um, and that is the Champions League trophy tattoo uh, with Manchester City 2021. Um, and that, 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 if that's real, God help the poor bloke. Um, fan, fantastic that. So whoever sent me in, uh, apologies, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize, didn't remember who it was. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, okay, it's time um, now just to to chat a little bit about. The, the transfers, which I, I do want to try and make a regular feature of I can over the next few weeks, because we are going to get linked with with all and sundry, and people are going to get linked with moves away. Um, I guess the one the one I want to talk about this week is is this fella, uh, Josh King. Obviously, it's been mentioned, you know, you know, in the January transfer window. It's now getting mentioned again. Are oh, we going to see him and, and Callum Wilson link up? Do you think, Steve? Do you think that's do you think that's possible and I suppose we also have a chat about Danny Rose because you know I saw that absolutely hilarious article, um, which was fed out, uh, you know, from a quote from um, Alex McLeish of old people I saying that the fans would be delighted with Danny Rose coming back. That really? Entire. Really? Yeah. Oh, Keith, honestly, ridiculous. That's where the story came from. But yeah, Josh King first, Steve. What? What? Hey. Would, you, would you happily reunite those two? Like, uh, you know, like the played together at Bournemouth. You know, what? he's
0: been at Everton, hasn't he? Uh, on loan, um, and, done, done now. and barely got into the into the team, um, and it's a it's a strange one. It's one of those ones where people think, well, two players that did really really well together uh, could could resurrect it, and but I, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure whether that's the 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 way to go. Um, it was a couple of seasons ago now. Uh, the lads had injury problems. I, I'm I, I'm it's it, it's what we're going to be linked with. We're going to be linked with with free transfers, people on the cheap, um, players players whose contracts have come to an end. We've got a load of them ourselves, haven't we? Players who are at the end of a contract and, and now, I don't know whether it's because of the takeover or the potential takeover. We're now just seeing players whose contracts are in an end being offered in a, a one-year extension because it was written into that contract and stuff like that which I suppose in a way is probably sensible um, but on the Josh King side I, I, he wasn't a prolific goal scorer himself he was you know that they the seem to have a bit of a partnership but uh, what we've seen with with Wilson when he has played it Wilson has been more of a played played on his own up front still getting goals and I suppose the big question is can he can he continue a, a kind of partnership with Joe Linton if if I'm allowed to mention that name, because I was going to say, if we we're going to talk about season reviews, the the, the, the one game that, that well, there's three, I think we only had three good games last season. One of them was the away game at Crystal Palace where we sat back for 80 minutes and then we scored oh. twice, where 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 Joe Linton and Wilson seemed to strike up all of a sudden a partnership uh, in terms of linking up and score, both scoring. And yet we never saw it again. Or we barely saw it again, you know. So I'm not too sure whether whether Josh will uh, whether Josh King's the sort of player that we that we actually need or we, we could find a gap for. Um and the reason I'm saying that is probably because I don't I just I don't know what Bruce got in his head in terms of anything to do with a, a formation. I can't, I'm, I, you know, the, the the entire season was wrapped up in. We can't play with a five. We've been, I've got players who've been forced to play in a back five, and 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 then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it my way. And his way seemed to be suddenly going back to a back five for success. And I, I just don't know what, what, what Bruce's style. I don't know what his tactics are. I don't know what his formation is. I don't know where, where, where the personnel fit in. I don't even know what sort of personnel fit into a Steve Bruce team, to be perfectly honest. Um, so whether whether Josh King falls into that, uh, we'll we'll find out as the weeks go on.
2: Just a just a quick one, because I'm using my phone for this. I cannot hide the link for the pad place in the in the chat, but I'll hide it okay. up on my Twitter. I'll hide it up on my Twitter as a pinned tweet. Magic. Okay, um, there
1: you go. I think I'll be buying one. I think I'll be buying one. You might find they'll get inundated, but um, I'll certainly give it more of a plug. Like so,
2: I'll give I'll give them the heads up. Uh, yeah. after, I feel I feel I feel a business opportunity coming on.
1: Good stuff. Uh, why not, uh, Keith? What's your take on Josh King? Would you Would you have him at Newcastle?
3: Few things. I don't. I don't think. I think what he's doing at Everton, and that was an average Everton side this year. I mean, it's the best manager they're going to have for some time as he's gone on to bigger and better things. But I don't think that um, King, when he came on, did anything. I think Fraser and and Wilson have proven that getting two players that used to hit it off doesn't work or doesn't guarantee when they come to the next club. So, to me, Fraser's been a washout in Newcastle um, and Wilson's been superb. So, putting King in as, oh, he's played with Wilson, it's going to work. I don't know I, I think i'd rather go and buy, like like for, yeah, i'm not saying this is the same money but i'm saying is that somebody just said in the chat if you could get him for a free yeah if you get him on a free it, it depends it depends if you're getting took over it depends whether it's going to be Bruce with his normal team but i, I think if we had wilson at his age um I, i'd i i believe i'd rather have a younger striker you know that somebody that was hungry and could stay fit every week and, and somebody that was more of a background ram kind of player so I don't I think there's worse than, than him but I think there's a lot better as well but somebody said to me who you know when you talk about transfers this year who would you take if you've got the choice of um, Willock or Wijnaldum who would you take straight choice you could have one or the other you know because because one's got youth and one's got world experience Um. Before I go off, in case I don't get to speak, I just want to apologise. I, I said I'd do a shout-out for a, that young lad who died down the country this week. It, 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 sorry, it, was, it was about six weeks ago, called um, Liam Shepherd. Um, he, the guy on Twitter is called Tim Clark. If you go on my NCSL 1892 page, you'll see I've put a shout-out to anybody who can help him. But he just said, is any way you can shout-out on the show tonight? He says he's going to be watching Tim Clark's the guy he's the announcer. Down at Western Super with I believe, and uh, this young lad died in his sleep. But what a lot of people didn't know, his his dad committed suicide three years before that. So his mum's left without, um, you know, ex partners gone, and uh, and obviously a son. So if anybody can do anything, what they're doing is they've got gazette pictures and things, and they're getting a lot of memorabilia. So if anybody can do, then I was talking to Mitch and Steve Acey today, the and they said. You know, if, if we can do anything, we will. As you will see matters, but it's just—it's just the kid's 11 year old. He dies and he sleep and he was a gem of a kid who did—he cake, baked cakes for the local police. He was doing charity things in in the name of his dad, and he was—he was—he raised a lot of money for charity himself. And an 11 year old to pass away like that, I just wanted to reach out to fans today to say, if any of us can get hold of Tim Clark, who's watching tonight, and send him anything at all whether that's offer of help donations or memorabilia then you'll get it on my page which which i did a tweet two tweets for yesterday great stuff
1: yeah good stuff mate um Marty, if you've got anything that you want to donate to the food bank, I suggest you either contact the food bank's Twitter or contact Steve Hasty, old at Old Heatonian on Twitter, and uh, they will be able to help you out with that. But anything that you want to donate uh, for the food bank is gratefully accepted. Uh, The t shirt has got about 10 minutes to go, it's on my Twitter. Basically, everything is my fault t shirt, which is a one off. And uh, if you want to bid for that, I think it was at £50, um, you can do all proceeds go to the food bank. Got about 10 minutes. Uh, get bidden at Steve Wraith, and uh, <laughs> that will be some more much needed funds for the food bank. And uh, speaking of which, uh, it's time for another feature. Did have a late entry, actually, um, for for this Which was this one uh, From Paul Gillespie Who was actually referring to that T-shirt He says, it's the worst T-shirt I've ever seen You're an embarrassment Uh, I did reply to the guy and explain That it wasn't me who designed them It was John from QDEC And that, uh, you know, all the proceeds went from the food bank I'm still awaiting a reply But that was a late entry Um, But the winner this week was uh, was this guy uh, Who has been on before, it has to be said uh, Pub... Uh, underscore down, uh, down the pub. Uh, lost all credibility, knocking about with that tosser, super Supermac. So he's actually tweeted Supermac, copied me in, uh, but he, he just seems to be on a one a, a one man mission just to have a pop of me each week. But uh, that's twice now, mate. You're on a hat trick. Um, I, I may have to get some kind of present if uh, people make it three times on the show. But uh, that is for the week. Yeah. And as I said uh, a little bit earlier, we will be mixing things uh, around over the course of the summer. We are going to be uh, having some, you know, time off. People will want a bit time off during the summer, and uh, me included. Uh, so don't forget uh, tomorrow six o'clock. It's not live. Uh, it is a, a pre-recorded show from two thousand and seventeen at Nine Bar. Les Ferdinand, but set a reminder. It's loaded on the channel now, and uh well worth a watch. That it's uh, it's well worth a watch whenever you can get a chance to watch it. And uh one of the shows that will be resting until the start of the season is Ladies' Night, uh, but it will be replaced on Monday nights by uh the Steve and Holly Show, uh, which uh, will be uh, obviously including guests. Uh, Holly has uh, joined the channel uh, officially, uh, obviously, a couple of months ago But she's been fantastic And uh, I think those of you who will, uh, you know, watched Match Day Lives in particular Will realise, you know, for such a young age, she's very accomplished She's very good at what she does And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting Newcastle United with her on a Monday night Throughout the summer uh, Tuesday nights will remain the same, of course Me and Liam Kennedy uh, will still be doing Tuesdays uh, Wednesday nights will still be the retro show and Thursday nights will still be me, John Gibson and Super Mac Focusing on England and Newcastle over the next few weeks, of course There will be some special guests, a lot of ex-players lined up uh, Throughout the summer, Lee Clark will be coming on uh, Nobby Solano will be back on Sunday uh, So quite a lot coming up over the course of the next few weeks So uh, a big thank you as well to the sponsors, Spider VPN, who have agreed uh, to continue their sponsorship through June And also a big shout out to uh, Skipsandbins.com Who have agreed to continue their sponsorship Through June Telephone 0800 25 Email enquiries at skipsandbins.com Website www.skipsandbins.com Easy contract Free and pay as you go waste collection uh, so Bobby, as you can see up in the top right-hand corner Also a big shout-out to John at The makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wall's End And Ujab Signature as well Uh, Google Jab Signature and Google Spider VPN to find their relevant websites. First time visitor to the channel? Then uh, just log over, um, roll over the Newcastle Legends logo, sorry, and uh, you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumbs up to hit the like button. Click share to share to your social media and drop in the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. And don't forget the Food Bank website is still operational throughout the summer. N U F C fans, foodbank.co.uk. Uh, Just drop into that website and make a donation. And uh, Steve, I think you have the watch there. um, Which um, yeah, you've got you've got the watch. Which if people donate to the food bank through the summer, they 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 enter into a prize draw to win that watch, and that could be um, that
0: could be yours uh, in the first week of August. But you've got it there, Steve. Got it there. It's beautiful, beautiful timepiece. It's there, there. There's the back with the beautiful crest on it, and there's the front that you can see there. Um, quite weighty as well. It's 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 got a lovely strap on. I'm, I'm trying to move it there. You can see. Uh, put, I can the see back, put the back nice. Sorry. The, put the back on, mate. Put, there you go. That's a
1: one-off that as well. Fantastic. It is. It is. is what, it's, it's our logo, isn't it?
0: That's your
3: logo.
1: Right.
0: Uh, turn it the it's right, right There you go. There's right. the there's the nice little logo on it's the amazing. back. Um beautiful timepiece comes in a nice a nice gift box as well Um, and what I should say Steve is you know you don't have to keep making one pound donations because for every pound that you donate whether you whether you donate five pound one pound ten pound every donation gives you an entry so if you donate ten pound you've got ten entries so you don't need to think oh I've got to do ten times an entry you know it it's literally, you know, you, you make you make a, a ten pound donation, then that's 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 ten tickets if you like in the in the raffle, um for want of a better way of describing it. Um but Keith, I don't know whether I, whether John's told you, but you're you're gonna make the draw for this. You're gonna you're gonna choose the winner um out of the pot of numbers that John's been collecting over the weeks, and you're gonna do it at the uh at the pool night that we're gonna hold it uh, at Spot White. On the 6th of August So I don't know whether you're aware of that But you've you've been earmarked for that task Yep yeah, and there we go I, And you no. that
1: as 24 hour charity pool night Friday the 6th <laughs> of August 12pm It goes on for 24 hours uh, We're all getting involved in that But yeah you're doing the
3: draw there apparently Keith That's right and uh, I can tell you That Gordon Stein's coming up for the night He's travelling up from Surrey Never been seen before I never met him anyway So he's coming up uh, that night Peter Baker's coming over as well so there's, there's there's a load of us coming over, Um and I, I guess I'm taking it, and I'll be amazed if I don't pick my own ticket out. Because I would <laughs> I would like to wear that watch.
1: Oh, the trolls will have a field day if you do that, lads. <laughs> <Tell me laughs> out. Yeah, uh, the, the wood, the wood. Uh, Mitch, just your take, your take on the Josh King situation, Mitch, and um <laughs> I, I guess as well. I guess as well. You know, just just a few of the other ones. I mean. You might have heard Lee Clark earlier in the week praising the Celtic centre-half. So, um, what's your take on on the transfer situation this week?
2: What I was just about to say before there, if people haven't seen your show with Clark Eon, with you and Liam, it's worth a watch. If you want to understand the madness of football in the MENA region, um, have a little little listen to what Clark has got to say. And if he does draw a team over here... And he'd be, be, be sure of a very, very warm welcome from a load of who over here anyway. I know he knows a couple of the lads out here anyway, so uh, it would be, would be good to see him. Um, Josh King, do you know what? The lad Lad spent half a season on loan at Sunday and he didn't want to go back, did he? Uh, so it shows he must be sensible. Um, <laughs> um, Joking aside, um, sometimes it does work when you bring... You've got to look at the balance of the squad. Are you are you bringing a player in to be a constant first team player, Are you being bringing somebody in who's going to bring not just experience and, and and haven't played with somebody before, but bring somebody in who's comfortable with the group? Because we've got a little collection of ex-born with people there now, not just on the on the playing field, but on in the back room as well. And you, you've got to look at the bigger picture of what is that that collective group. I saw people chirping about the England friendly through the week saying it was stupid and why's what's he playing these players who who he hasn't called up for? Well, what he's doing is keeping the group together because he can make injury replacements all the way up to the first day of the day of the tournament and what happened? Trent Alexander Arnold pulled out with an injury. So one of those players who was kept as part of the group, who got a run-out, who's still being collect- part of the collective, they haven't said to those players who weren't selected for the initial squad right, off you go and absolutely torpedoed the confidence out of them, they've kept the group together. And now there's an opportunity for somebody else to come into the squad and who could, theoretically, but I'm not holding my breath, be somebody who could step up to the plate and come into a team late, like, like uh, you know, you know, and make a difference to the team in, in the tournament. So um, when, you have, when you've got a, got a Premier League squad, it's the same kind of thing. And what does that individual bring in terms of personality, his ability to interact with a group, um, and and so would he do any worse than Carroll, for example? I don't think so. So, I think if he was to come in at the right kind of price, um, if it was a free, fantastic. I don't think I would be too upset. Um, I certainly wouldn't want my transfer budget blown on him, though. That would be daft. That would be daft to hang your hat on that. Um, the, the, I know Clark, he had a lot to say about the centre back and about the, what, um, plans Celtic had for him when they sent him to Kilmarnock to play for faculty and they had him playing in centre midfield so he could get him, improve his ball skills and then drop him in as a ball playing centre back later um, it's always difficult to judge players coming from Scotland now um, Van Dyke, for example you know you could say the same thing about Van Dyke as what people are saying about INL you know oh, has he really been tested is he really that good Um the lad captain is company at 19 year old you know he, he cannot be a mug and also he must have a hell of a personality so I think um if we were to get him for the money they're talking, that I think it's a steal I think it's an absolute steal. My worry is is we do we' do this with transfers we'll make our intent known and then let somebody slip in and outbid with um, and that concerns me. Um but I think think he will be a be a crack in addition to the squad and a crack and replace replacement for people um uh you know exiting and if you want it again you wanna you want to look at the group and how we can improve this the squad in every position, And I certainly think he will be an upgrade. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um and the word is he's hot he's pretty set on coming to Newcastle United, which that would be good. Too, you yeah.
1: know. Um, well, he's going to hear good things from everybody apart from uh Ryan Fraser. Um, you know, so there's, there's no doubt that Richie's going to sing, you know, sing the club's praises, as is as is Callum Wilson. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, we've got about 15 minutes left, uh, lads, and uh, one more regular section to uh, to get in, uh, uh and it is my old favorite. Yes big thanks to Joe Walker Toon tipster he's in the chat tonight and uh, Obviously no Newcastle games to talk About for a couple of months but uh, plenty Of football still and it is the Euros Which is upon us and he goes well folks Here we go it's June the 4th 2021 So I thought I'd look forward to Euro 2020 the tournament Kicks off next Friday when Turkey take on The mighty Italy at 8pm Until then I thought I'd share The early prices for the tournament with you all In case you want to get in amongst the early Value France at tournament favourites to go all the way at attempting 92, surely they won't be far away he says. Next come England at 5-1 but seems we're taking 18 right backs and no forwards, this could prove a big ask Next come Belgium at sixes with Germany and Spain following at sevens. For any Welsh mag you can get 200-1 And our friends north of the border are 250 to 1, although I'm sure the world crass Ryan Fraser will show the world what he can do before returning to St. James's Park injured and in a mood. England their favourites to reach the final eleven to five with a decent eleven to eight on offer if you think they can get to the semis. Cheeky food bank bet, Mr Hasty, I think, if you think we'll crash and burn. 14-1 for us not to get out of the group. Ooh. Harry Kane is favourite to be top scorer at 11-2, to 2, with Lukaku, Mbappe and Ronaldo following close behind. But that's enough about Amanda's new front line for next season. <laughs> I'll be in touch over the tournament and we'll check in with England Games' price changes and selected odds throughout the month. And he says, don't chase your losses. Take care all Joe so big thank you to Joe for that and uh, as always bet safely And certainly, I've got no idea what that tune's called. I'll have to ask uh, our uh, our guy who does all of these kind of things. Um, I'll just give him the I'll give him the idea, and he comes back with the uh, the, the funky tunes and the videos, and make sure that they're free. So, uh, well done to uh, Media Arts again for, for providing something which entertains people. Um, yeah, let's finish off on the Euros. Uh, Steve Hasty. Um, yeah, I mean Trent Trent Alexander Arnold's out. He's just announced it on his Twitter. Um, I think Tom Lynch sums it up for me. Pfft. Always overhyped, England. Um, I, I can't see England getting to the semis or, or the final. I think I think they will get out of the group, but it's a strange squad selection for me, and I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced that we're going to do well at
0: all. No, it's disappointing when it, when it came out and I looked at it, and I thought, you know, we've got an abundance of great central midfield players and midfielders, and, and, and he only picks five. And and yet he seems to have gone an abundance of, of strikers and an abundance of, of well full backs <laughs> and central defenders. I, and I just kinda I just kind of, kind of weird up. I don't know whether he whether Southgate feels as though that, that the midfield can be sort of filled with wing backs and so he ne- he just needs a couple of holding players and he you know you can play two holding players in midfield and, and have five to choose from and and then the, the the striking situation baffles me uh, intensely as well. I don't know whether again I, I don't know whether Grealish is a striker or a midfielder. Um, I I I haven't been following because of the way the season's been. I haven't been following the German football like I normally would uh, because I love to go to Germany, you know, with with my pals and watch watch a game or two. Um, I don't I don't actually know how good Bellingham is and and Sancho for me. Again, a, a, a player who everybody was shouting about the season ago, and now Man United are wanting to buy, um, and whether or not he's even going to get a game. So it, it, I find it baffling. I mean, in terms of in terms of what I'm looking at, I'm looking at you're looking at you're looking at teams that are, are, are countries rather and, and and squads, and you're looking at this is Europe. This is this is this has been a ridiculously compact season to begin with. Um, you've got the you've got the injury to the brunya that uh, against you because because I was out with you, I didn't even get a chance to watch <laughs> the league. I think I spent the first half trying to work walk me away from the dog and parrot of the hair market. I spent the second half standing at the hair market, getting on a bus, getting off a bus because I thought it was gonna puke up, and then getting on a bus again halfway home. Uh, so that was my Champions League. I got in, and it was about it was about <laughs> 15 minutes to go. And apparently, I like I said hello to everybody, told them I all loved them, and then I went to bed. Um, so, feel so well,
1: better, I got in. I, I demolished the dominoes. I ate I ate more than I should have done. Um, I managed to see the first twenty five minutes of the Champions League through bleary <laughs> eyes. I then set record. And I was in bed by nine o'clock, much to the relief of everybody. So I watched it and I managed to do a proper Lightly Lad special. I managed to avoid the Champions League score and watch it in the morning. So I was delighted.
0: I uh, I didn't even know what the score was when it got to about half past two in the afternoon, man. (laughs) In the morning. But I remember at one point you said, I'm only staying till six. And I went, I'll stay till six as well. And then I think it gets to half past eight, and we're like, "Oh yeah, I think now's the time to go." But that what I'm what I'm getting at is that like that I heard De Bruyne injured. the 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 players have been are wrecked. We've, we've we've got Trent is out. We didn't. Uh, this is another thing, by the way. We we had press guys who were convinced that Trent Alexander Arnold wasn't even in the squad at the beginning of the week. I right. followed them. I watched, I watched what they were saying. They were by by the time the squad was announced on Tuesday, they were destroying the kid. He wasn't going to be there. It turned out that he'd been told three weeks ago, A, he wasn't a squad. And B, I went back and I looked for those so-called top-class reporters. And I looked at their tweets and they were all gone. All those tweets that said Trent Alexander Arnold is out of the squad on that particular morning. They, they, they all deleted their tweets. And this this summed up the press for me. This summed up the 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 way that they hound somebody, the way that they go at things, the way that they convince us that they know right, they know, they know what's going on. You don't, you people don't know what's going on. And then as soon as they're caught out, the first thing they do is they delete all that tweets. Um, I, for me, if I'm going to put, I, there was a there was a country that wasn't mentioned. I, I, my money's on Italy. I don't know why. I just have this thing. It's Mancini. He's he's pulled together a squad of players. That for me are uh, not necessarily top class, but as a squad, I think that with what you get with Italy is you, you'll get either they'll be absolutely dog, or they'll be world beaters, and and I just feel as though Mancini, the passionate Mancini has, um, and the way that he's that he's he's built them up from what was a, a, a dodgy situation with it, with Italian football. I just, I just have this nagging feeling about the Italians, the Azzurri. I like the way there's some things that the, 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 the turn up at tournaments and the passion that they bring. And I love the passion of a Mancini on, on the touchline as well. So I, I think the Germans, I'm not too sure with, with Joachim Lowe. Um The rest of European games, I think they're, they're all over the, all over the place. The French, um, is it a swan song for for Didier Deschamps, the water carrier, as he was that he was billed and named by by Eric Cantona many many years ago, and that he's brought forward? But uh, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on the Italians. Okay, um, I'm getting wrong off some
1: people in the chat, Keith. So I will uh, come to you and ask you who your, who your money is on in the Euros, and then ask you. Um, if you have any updates on the takeover, because people are saying, surely, well, Andrew, there he goes. There must have been some updates regarding the takeover that Keith wanted to tell us about. So I'll keep you happy. <laughs> I will keep you happy, Andrew. So who's your tips for the Euros, Keith? And um, what would you say with regards to the takeover? Is there
3: anything of any relevance this week? Um, on the Euros, I went and watched the friendly last week and I found it. I was in a pub. And I was surprised at what little little warmth there was. Because when you go back to the Euros when Shearer and Sheringham were playing, remember that Euro then? I don't, what was that? 96? Euro 96. Uh, well, you remember that? And I don't know what show me age, but like, were oh, buzzing. You'd, you'd have things on your cars. You would have shirts on. And you'd go down the pub and you wouldn't be late. And you're out all night. And you didn't come back. It was finished that seems to have massively gone. I know it was only a friendly the other night, but there was nobody in the pub had any desire or any feelings for it. It was, it was just dead. So for me, I think, I don't know where it is. I don't know whether it's football, I don't know whether it's the lockdown, I don't know where it is, but it just doesn't seem any um, oomph for this this tournament. Um, normally, I would say Germany is you know it will take some beating, but there's a guy who will be watching tonight night called Ed Janssen who's a Dutch lad. And if he, if I told him Germany was going to win, he'd, he'd never speak to us again. So if Holland's still it, he, 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 honestly, he won't let us ever send anything German. But I don't say England win it. Um, I don't see France win it. Holland. What about Holland? Yeah, it's a good so, show. So I'm going to pick Holland for you, Ed Janssen. And I want to tell you all to get your money on Holland. On the takeover, um, we're going back over things. It might save me a lot of tweets, this because I sit up for hours saying this. People are asking me what will come first. And the answer to that is, what will come first is depending on what happens with the lawyers. So if the lawyers, if if I was in charge, which I'm clearly not, and some people, such as some solicitors, don't have a clue about competition law, they've they've gone out the way to say what my relevance is. If I was running it, and it was my case, my football club, I would try and run the competition action first so that you get disclosure, and the disclosure will give you the bullets to win both arbitration and competition. Steve hasty has got online this week. The people said, well, Steve Hasty's already telling people that arbitration won't sort anything. And Steve's laughing because because you know that when you say anything, it's taken in a context. But the reality is, is that that. The arbitration is to decide separation. The judges said it's just going to decide separation. And it's not going to decide all the bullshit that people are putting out about um, piracy. That's not going to come into it. So if the arbitration runs and we win separation, then it's going to make it damned hard to stop any takeover because they're going to know what's coming with the competition action. But if you're asking me what I'd rather say, I'd rather say them... Play some tactic, you know, get Nick DeMarco to be ill or whatever. And I would rather the competition action came first, that the arbitration was delayed because I think if the competition action comes first, we nailed on. We will win everything and we'll get a takeover out of court. That's what I think. But I don't control it. And you can ask us, I'm blue in the face. And what I keep giving me answer now, Liam, Liam Kennedy's learnt this is, just say to them, let's just wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, fair enough uh, there, Andrew. I hope uh, you got the answer you wanted. I've just been sent these before I asked Mitch for his Euro stuff and um, just been sent these on Twitter by Geordie Critics and this is apparently some more Castoria potential strips. Now, that looks a lot smarter. That's great. I've, got to, I've got to be honest. Um like that. I love that. Yeah, I do I like that. I love that one. This is the third strip.
3: Yeah, don't like that. That'll be one that grows on you. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I, I, that's quite... It's quite. Nah. It's,
1: it's not me, garish.
3: Me, me nana's washed that. I like that. that one. That's a best shirt. The other one, I mean it's like bright orange. Me nana's washed it out. I like yeah. that. I think the, that's home, cool. the home strip's very bold stripes.
1: Yeah, I do yeah. like that. But I mean, again, are these right? Are these are these fakes? Where, who, who?
3: Where's knows? the blue one at? Where's the blue tartan one at?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I think uh, you know that that in itself that in itself tells its own and story. Uh, they look more likely to be leaked strips, maybe. But um, go on, Mitch
2: what I like about those strips is that whatever combination we put shirts and shorts, will be playing majority in black and white, no matter what. Yeah, and I quite like that idea. You know, I love the
1: color. I love the color as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, so if that is you know potentially the design, I, I wouldn't have a problem with any of them. To be fair
1: don't like that at all. No, big yeah, thanks yeah, to Johnny critics of for of sending course. us that on Twitter. I think, anyway, I,
2: think I, I agree with you, Steve. I think if that's the third shoot, it, it'll be a grower. It'll be one of yeah. those ones where you get an initial reaction and then people see it in the flesh and it may be perceived a little differently.
1: Yeah, Chris, we uh, can't go so. to that question, I'm afraid, mate. We haven't got time. Uh, we just want to have Mitch's input on the Euros, mate. I want to go and enjoy the rest of Friday night.
2: Gareth Southgate's squad selection tells me he's playing three at the back with wing-backs. He must be because he's picked... People saying seen he's picked four right-backs, but what he'd actually picked was he picked two players who played for that club regularly, either as a right-sided part of the three or as a right wing-back in Walker and James. They're almost identical players, just different in age. Um, you've then got Kieran Trippier, who everybody forgets has won the league in Spain with the Athletic Madrid this year, and he's played nearly every game, and he's in the running to be the player of the season. So you cannot be sniffy about selecting a player in form like that. And he works well either as a traditional fullback or as a wingback. And the same with Alexander Arnold; he's a he's a right back plays part part of a fort Liverpool, but is the reckoned he was defensively a little bit iffy. Well, that doesn't matter if he's playing as more as a wingback; it's less less of his role. I mean, obviously he's not going to go now but that selection picking so few centre mids as well for me gives his team selection and his formation and tactics away straight away, which seems quite weird to me to, to show your hand that early by selecting a squad like that. He's also taken Henderson and Maguire who both are doubts for the entire tournament. Crazy that like, yeah, that's, that's real big gamble, real big gamble. Um, from Maguire in particular, who hasn't had the best of seasons, in my opinion, is it worth taking that risk carrying him into the squad? Would we not rather have a fit centre-back? um, Or another player, because we've got players who can play different roles in there if we're going to play three at the back. Um, Henderson's a different matter, because I think as he's matured as a player and a person, he's he's become a very different beast at Liverpool. Yeah, it sticks in the crow a little bit to see it, but, you know, the the guys are Guy is a a top-class professional in lots of ways, Um, and so maybe if you're going to if you're going to carry one risk into the tournament, but carrying two seems a bit much for me. Um, So that and going forward into the tournament, I've got to say the thing about the Netherlands that sticks with me is they've got players there who've really not played full seasons for their clubs for one reason or another. And a lot of the young lads that are playing for them will be hungry. They'll be hungry to make a point. Um, they didn't look too good from what I saw them against Scotland through the week, but these friendlies aren't about that. They're about getting your tour- your, your squad ready for the tournament. The, the result's are almost irrelevant. Um, and so I, I look at that Dutch team and think, you're dangerous. You're a dark horse. Because there's players in there who will who have hunger want to prove a point when the squad's quite young um, and that makes for a dangerous squad for me
1: yeah yeah I would agree um I do just want to finish off by uh, dedicating uh, tonight's episode to uh Jody Carter. Who is uh he was Jason Carter's father. It's uh, the third anniversary of his passing uh today and uh, he just said um you know would would we we'll be able to put this photograph up uh on the show. This was uh, his seventieth birthday when they took him on a ground tour. Uh but uh yeah, Jody Carter, Jason Carter, who's been a big supporter of the show uh over the over the last uh twelve twelve and so months. Uh, but uh, yeah, thinking of you Jason And I'm sure you're having a, a drink for your dad today So uh, we'll do, we're, we're going to dedicate the show uh, Today to him So uh, lads, that's it two, two hours and five minutes uh, Cracking show, really enjoyed Thanks. it um, I hope you have a good weekend And uh, let's see what uh, the next seven days bring And um, I look forward to seeing you all again Next Friday, take care lads Good night see you see Bye.
0: You Good night now. again, but it's the only way you're ever gonna live.